All right, on our spotlight today on KRWC, we are talking with District 877 Superintendent, Dr. Scott Thielman, and uh, we connect, and um, I thought today was the day, and uh, Superintendent Thielman said they had a, kind of a last-minute uh, little drill exercise, I guess. Huh? So, Yes, uh, unbeknownst to me, we had a <laughs> fire drill. I shouldn't say unbeknownst. It was, it was announced, <laughs> but... We they scheduled it for ten o'clock and then followed up right after that with a lockdown drill. So we have to participate in all of those, and it didn't sure. match up with our schedule. For no problem, otherwise you would have heard fire alarms and different things in the background. That might not have been good. So no, yeah. you wouldn't. <laughs> it would have been inaudible. Well, glad that uh, we could speak with you. I know that uh, we were looking forward to it to uh, kind of get the full. Um, uh, rundown of, of what's happening now with the District 877 schools. And it's kind of, it's difficult in a way for the general public because every district is doing literally something a little different. Some are back in school already. And uh, when we last talked, I think you were kind of putting the finishing touches on uh, what was going to be happening for, for the district. And since that time, you've kind of worked it out. Yeah, I, I think you captured it very well that all districts are doing something slightly different. And um, and in the Buffalo Handler Mancho School District, uh, we're probably more a little bit different, I know for sure, um, than most districts in that uh, our um, school districts cannot start before Labor Day. But in some circumstances, if you have construction or things are going on, um, they allow you to start early. So some districts in our area have been starting early because of ongoing construction. And um, so they they might have already had their first day yesterday or today. Um, with the BHM schools, we uh, typically uh, start on the day after Labor Day, and that's uh, the law unless you have an exception. And... Um, and actually, we're doing something different this year uh, due to the the plans that uh, we are going to implement. Um, I think the last time we spoke, we talked about um, data that we received from Wright County Public Health as well as the Minnesota Department of Health and uh, making a determination of how we can um, begin our, our school year. And so... Um, based on that criteria, we have um, uh, determined and the board approved on Monday, um, the 24th, was our um, regularly scheduled school board meeting. And I presented uh, information regarding our uh, COVID uh, case rate. Uh, it's a 14-day case rate that um, we track and Wright County, and um, we first had to determine whether or not we could use just Wright County because uh, Buffalo Hanover Mantra School District does have uh, some uh, students who live in Hennepin County, about 6.4% uh, of the population. It's determined that we will use Wright County data, and based on the case rates in Wright County, um, it was determined that... Um, we can open um, all of our schools to in-person, but it'll be um, slightly different. It will, it will be, not slightly, but it will be different for elementary versus um, the 
the middle school the, and the high school. So we had to create a plan um, and be able to pivot between all in-person, in-person in a hybrid model, or all distance learning. And what was determined is that uh, we will um, begin in-person for elementary students every day uh, of the week, five days a week, Monday through uh, Friday. And then our secondary students will be on what we call an A-B schedule, um, meaning that the groups with the last name that begin with A through K will begin on Mondays, and they'll, they'll go Monday and Wednesday, and this is for secondary. Um, and then the students who are um, with the last name L through Z will be placed in the um, in the B group. And the reason we have the differences between um, A and B with the last name is because if we have to pivot where all students are in a hybrid, meaning only 50% of the, um, we can only have 50% capacity of our buildings, if we have to pivot for that for elementary also, it means that if there are siblings who are in middle school or high school that have um, elementary age siblings, they can um, take care of that for their parents because we have to provide um, daycare uh, for critical workers um, like we did with the distance learning model and lunches. And so we're working through all of those pieces. So we, we made a determination of what, um, what model we'll be implementing based on Wright County 14-day um, rolling COVID case counts. Um, and that is a, a function of the actual number of cases divided by um, the Wright County population uh, divided by 10,000, and that will give you a case rate. And um, our case rate uh, had been going down, and then this last 14-day uh, rolling count went up, um, but it's still in the range that would allow for all elementary students to be in person Monday through Friday. And then our secondary students, six, uh, grades 6 through 12, will be on a, uh, every other day uh, rotating basis. So um, Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, Thursday. So Group A would be Monday, Wednesday. Group B would be Tuesday, Thursday. And then um, on Fridays would be a um, uh, uh, at-home learning, um, online learning and at-home learning for all students in secondary. Um, and then all of our families who have um, could choose distance learning instead of being in person. So uh, there's no reason uh, that they have to give. Um, they can simply choose to um, have their children um, educated at home in a distance learning model. So we have all three in place in the Buffalo Hanna Romantra School District we did something a little bit different also um, because, you know, I think many of the listeners in our community think that um, teachers have had all this time during the summer to prepare, and we don't. They're, they're, not, um, they're not here over the summer. Some have come in. Some have been working on committees and working with their building um, leadership. Um, to really hone in and, and create the plans that we will be implementing for these models. Um, 
but uh, teachers are not reporting, didn't uh, report until uh, Monday, yesterday, on August 31st. And they, in a typical year, we only have uh, teachers here for four days. And, um, you know, that's, that's hard uh, in a normal year. Um, but when we have a pandemic, it's, it's just not, um, uh, it's not sufficient time to, to plan and train. So on um, Tuesday, September 8th, and, and um, Wednesday, September 9th, we're going to have all staff report. So our early uh, our, um, our paraprofessionals, uh, educational uh, support professionals are coming in, our food service, our custodians obviously have been in all summer, our child care, uh, early childhood, uh, family ed, early childhood special ed. Um, we'll have all of our uh, staff in, and we'll have two additional days without students to train and make sure that we're meeting all of the criteria set forth by the Minnesota Department of Health, the Minnesota Department of Education, and the governor's executive orders, as well as the um, Centers for Disease Control, the CDC. So as we train and plan um, on, on Tuesday and Wednesday, those are normally student days. We've pushed back the beginning of the school year so that students in pre-K through 5 will attend school on Thursday, September 10th, and we are breaking it up by um, because we wanted to have a smaller group with our elementary students before they all come in. Uh, we wanted additional time with the teachers so that they can meet their teachers and be acclimated to what school is going to be like because it's completely different than when we left back in March. So Thursday, September 10th, we'll have Group B because that's their typical day is on uh, Thursdays or Group B. So last names that uh, begin with LZ in pre-K through grade 5 will attend school. And then normally we have an orientation for our 6th graders and ninth graders that get a day by themselves uh, to attend and be in the buildings. So on Thursday, the September 10th, Group B, 6th uh, graders and Group B in ninth graders will come in and um, be able to have an orientation and be acclimated to the middle school and the high school. And then also distance learning begins for elementary students and grade six and nine, um, uh, students in grade six and nine. Then on Friday, September 11th, group A will attend for pre-K through grade five students. And those will be with the last name A through K. And then the middle school 6th graders, middle school ninth graders that have last names um, that begin with A through K will attend um, on Friday of the 11th. Then on Monday, September 14th, all students are going to be reporting. So all pre-K through grade 5 students start in person, and um, they'll be there Monday through Friday. And then the middle uh, school students and the high school students will begin the hybrid learning model and Group A students will be attending on Monday um, at the high school and the middle school. And then all distance learning begins for students in grades 7, uh, seven and 8 and 10, 12, because they won't have attended that first week. So quite a difference um, from the way we normally start the school year. Um, 
All of this information is out on the school district's website. Um, you can um, go to the our website is bhmschools.org, um, and it's uh, with an S, uh, plural, bhmschools, all one word, .org. And right on the front page, we have a district-wide news. It's back in BHM. Uh, we have mental health resources. We have information about free meals that are continuing the summer, school supplies, uh, May through June, um, uh, calendar, insider events. So that information is on our website, and if you simply just click on the heading, like back in BHM, we lay this out with graphics so that folks can read all of that. And then we also have a planning guide that um, that people can um, uh, highlight and click on it. We have frequently asked questions. We have information about open houses, how we determine a model, um, in-person, hybrid, or distance learning. And what people need to know is that we're in the, we'll start the year with this model, but we also have to be ready to pivot at any point based on case rates in the right county or or uh, circumstances within a classroom or with a staff member. Um, we have to be ready for all of these different uh, scenarios so that we can pivot and make sure that we're not missing a beat and we continue to provide educational um, uh, opportunities for our students. I will point out that on our website, um, we can tra- uh, it is translatable. Uh, up on the top, uh, there's a there's a button up there that says translate, and then um, folks can check uh, any any language that um, uh, Google will automatically translate our our documents into um, for anybody that uh, may have a need to. Uh, read it in another language. So this information is out there. Um, at Monday's uh, school board meeting, the uh, school board members passed um, this resolution to open up uh, b- uh, based on the COVID case rates and the direction from the Minnesota Department of Health and the uh, Minnesota, uh, Wright County Public Health uh, Department. Uh, in person five days a week for pre-K through grade five, and then uh, also for the um, hybrid model for the secondary students, grades six through 12. Um, At that same meeting, the board um, adopted uh, a new mask policy because all students and staff are required to wear masks in order to uh, be in attendance. Um, when we are in person for elementary, we will um, abide by uh, the physical distancing as much as possible, um, but also know that uh, it was determined um, in these models that we can uh, be closer than six feet if it is in person. Um, and so that will happen at the elementary level. When we get to the secondary level, um, we must maintain a strict six-foot um, physical distancing guidelines. And so all of our rooms have been equipped so that we have six feet apart in desks, 
and um, from our teacher, they've modified um, the um, passing periods and and uh, scheduled those so that they're a, a bit staggered. Um, and then coming into buildings, uh, principals are working uh, with their staff to make sure that as we drop kids off from the bus, um, students are not hanging out and in, in, in congregating. Uh, in the past, we've allowed students to come in and meet with their friends before um, the day begins. That will be um, will not be allowed at this time uh, because it's within the guidelines for the hybrid that we have to limit congregating. And so um, our principals have gone through painstakingly and making sure that we can meet all these criteria. Um, our lunchrooms um, have to maintain a six-foot distancing at um, at the secondary level, and uh, we'll try to accommodate that as much as possible at the elementary level. But um, as I said, in a hybrid model, it's very um, it's laid out and uh, very strict. Um, they also uh, the Minnesota Department of Health has talked about um, our uh, heating and ventilation. Um, um, systems. Uh, we're fortunate that we've made these investments over the last decade to up, upgrade all of our air handling units and uh, air ducts. And uh, so it's something that we continually do, but in the last decade, we've uh, uh, re, um, refitted and um, brought in new equipment in all of our buildings. And so um, we have air standard qualities. We have to increase the amount of outside air, not unlike other businesses have had to do in our community. Uh, the difference is we have um, we have 57, 5,700 students and about 750 employees. So we're the largest uh, entity in the county um, that has. Um, students and staff when you take a look at the number of, of people in buildings on a daily basis, and I think we're the single largest employer. So um, uh, it, we have to take all of those um, student safety, staff safety, all the criteria laid out by the Minnesota Department of Health, the personal protective equipment, and making sure that people um, are not coming in if they're sick, um, making sure that everybody is wearing a mask. And um, and then we, you know, hit the ground running, and uh, it's been a great uh, couple of days so far as uh, our staff are being trained and, and preparing for the beginning of the year. We have our first uh, set of open houses. Um, we have open house tonight for elementary, uh, tomorrow night for the high school, and uh, Thursday night for the middle school. All of that will be done virtually um, because we have to limit access to our buildings. People won't be able to just come in and and um, uh, meet with somebody. It'll have to be by p- appointment. We limit our uh, field trips and our gatherings, even within the building. So, um, as you know, um, the Minnesota State High School League changed around some of the seasons for sports and activities, um, volleyball, and football will be conducted in the spring. Uh, we do have the girls swimming, boys and girls cross country, and boys and girls soccer. And I'm 
probably missing one other off the top of my head, Tim. So um, that's kind of a big overview. I don't. I think I've hit it all to give an update, but I don't know if you might have some questions. I'm not sure. Maybe I missed it, but uh, if you wanted to just touch on the uh, the transportation side of things here too. Thank you. Yes, um, we. Um, when we have to look at um, the bus capacities in a, as a 50% capacity also. So when we're in a hybrid model, our buildings are 50% capacity at a max, and then our buses and our transportation have to meet those same criteria. And so we've, we've gone through all of that to uh, ensure that um, we'll, our, our bus company um, – Vision Transportation of Buffalo um, can meet all of the the criteria and the cleaning and sanitizing between routes. The same thing happens in all of our buildings. We have cleaning and sanitizing between each passing period and throughout the day in high-touch areas. Um, We have to be able to meet those routines. And um, then with transportation, We'll be working every day. The elementary students will be on the bus, and we have the protocols laid out in our back-to-school um, guide for parents, and we've communicated that. And then we also um, have to meet that with um, transporting the secondary students. Now, um, I think there will be many parents who will just drop their child off at school, I know a lot of high school students um, uh, ride or drive themselves uh, when they get to be their junior and senior year. Um, but our, our bus company has been working very closely with us to ensure that we can meet all of those, um, all of those uh, criteria and requirements also. Just an incredible amount of uh, work in, in putting all of this together, and uh, we certainly salute your district, but it really goes for all of the districts because every district has had to um, to do this based on you know what is the situation for them and their uh, enrollment and a lot of other factors too. Exactly, um, we are dealing with um, guidelines that change on a daily basis. We just had an update to one of our planning guides that was done uh, last Thursday. Um, and another one that is a decision tree for people um, in schools, youth, and child care programs. So it's about um, what do we do if somebody has had close contact with somebody who is tested for uh, positive for COVID-19, or uh, what do you do if you have a less comp- common symptom? Uh, do you report to work or do you not? Uh, what if you have COVID-like symptoms? So that guidance was just updated yesterday from the Minnesota Department of Health. It's been like that all, um, well, beginning last spring and continues all the way up, and it'll continue to change as we, we move into the first day of school. i got to think that, um, you know, as you mentioned at the front of the program for not only uh, District 877, but all of the districts as far as, um, the potential changes along the way here during the school season. I have to think that, um, you know, it would be um, a perhaps a quicker change if, if a big spike showed up. It would be a quicker change maybe to back to all 
you know, at home than it would be. You're going to have to really watch the situation to be able to to open up further. Is that is that accurate? That's a that's very accurate. Yes, Tim. So we are now in touch with a regional support team that um, was established by the Minnesota Department of Health and Minnesota Department of Education. And um, we just actually hired a, a health and safety coordinator. Um, it's one of those positions that you, you can have other people, everybody does a little part of it. And now when you're in the middle of a pandemic, it, it rose to the top of a position that we, we could have used all along, but now it will be here for us. Um, but yes, that that is what we have to make a determination that if there's a spike or there's, let's say we have staff who um, have it and um, are it's contracted outside of the school. Um, if I if we have teachers that because of somebody in their home that has it, um, those teachers aren't going to be able to report. So that could have an impact or. If there are students who um, have been exposed at home and then come into class, we might have to adjust to that because there would be a determination that that classroom might have to, uh, you know, um, um, quarantine for 14 days. It could be a grade level. It could be a building or it could be the whole district. So, yes, we'll pivot very quickly into a more restrictive um, model, meaning we would go into distance learning um, or a hybrid if if we were in, in person, at, like at elementary, based on the information from that regional support team uh, with the health department and the ed department. Um, and so, yes, we would pivot very quickly, potentially, if there is an outbreak or we don't have the staff or whatever it may be, um, versus going to a less restrictive, meaning more in person. It would probably, we'll have to, watch these rolling 14-day case counts in the county for several weeks before we would be able to move back, probably six weeks, um, because they're going to err on the side of caution before we go to bringing people in person if we had to go to a distance learning model. So you are very accurate that we, we would move to a more restrictive, meaning like distance learning, very, you know, that would happen quickly. Um, but to move back to a hybrid or to all in person every day, um, that would that would take some time because they want to make sure that the case counts continue to go down. And we heard from our parents. You know, we had uh, about 83 and a half percent of our families want their children in school. But it, I guess I can't emphasize this more that if if we're going to keep everybody in school. We're going to have to make sure that everybody is adhering to wearing a mask and social distancing and um, keeping all of those things in place because um, we know in our buildings it's a controlled environment, that everyone will wear a mask and that we will limit access to the, the school and we will follow all the protocols from MDH. It's our community, it's our families that have to really adhere to that also because they're on their own, and they are going to be the ones that determine 
how long we get to stay open in in these different models based on their own personal practices. Because I'm, I'm confident that our staff and our students will be able to adhere to all the safety requirements that are laid out uh, by the Minnesota Department of Health and the CDC. Wow, a lot of information. Uh, really, really something um, definitely historic. I mean, we are we are going through an historic time here, not only in a, in our district but uh, all of the schools in the state. And uh, boy, hats off to everybody that's involved there. And hopefully, we'll uh, you know have some have some good reports here, and uh, that the season will get off to a, a good start, and and uh, students will acclimate to it pretty quickly. Yeah, I can't say enough uh, great things about our staff, um, teachers, paraprofessionals, custodians, um, our food service who have been working all through the summer, our child care providers, uh, community education employees as they were pro- providing um, um, opportunities to our students throughout the summer, and I, um, and then to get us ready to open up, um, it's been a yeoman's task, and and like you said, unlike anything I've ever experienced, this is my 19th year as a superintendent, 29th year as an administrator, um, and um, 30 35th year um, as as an educator. Um, it never have I ever even thought we would be uh, doing anything remotely. Uh, like this, even though we had pandemic planning 10 years ago, a decade ago. But it wasn't in preparation for something like this. Scott, we're out of time, but uh, thank you for all of the information. And again, it's all available in a very concise form here on the website at bhms, bhmschools.org. And all the categories are there. I've been kind of, as I was listening, I was kind of, scrolling through all of this mm-hmm. and following along, so it looks yeah. real good. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I look forward to it every month, and um, if folks have any, uh, if, if people have questions, feel free to reach out. We have uh, an email address right on uh, uh, where it says contact us and uh, phone number, so uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Great. We'll talk again in October. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Tim. Okay. District 877 Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Scott Tillman, our guest on Spotlight today on KRWC.